There are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. But we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Welcome to Grape Encounters. Your host, David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time. How to have more fun with your wine. Where to enjoy wine the most. How to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. All right, if there is a prime time for wine, I think that we are just about ready to go through the portal and we are going to be in wine heaven for basically the next couple of months. It's that period between Thanksgiving and I would say, honestly, Valentine's Day, though things do simmer down a lot in January because everybody's going, I can't drink anything anymore. I'm going to go. It's everybody goes dry in January. And by the time Valentine's Day comes around, people are going, oh, I missed you so much, wine. And so they celebrate for Valentine's Day. But anyway, two things we're going to talk about today. We've been having a discussion about wines for the holidays and had my good buddy from Bad Company, Paul Cullen, in here talking about wine and turkey and uh, lots of fun things. But the discussion was just not long enough because so much of everything that happens in wine happens during this period of time. So I had to bring in my absolute go-to winemaker. He's way more than a winemaker. He's a wine educator. He's a wine judge. He's a wine stud. He's also a metal rocker and he is really one of the most heralded winemakers in the known universe adam lazar is here with me in the flesh man dude so you mentioned valentine's day can you tell me what that date is again yeah it's kind of that's kind of an important i hope your wife is not listening (laughs) (laughs) no yeah valentine's day february 14th everybody everybody knows that i will not be having a date for valentine's day this year you can work on that you can read into that whatever you want folks (laughs) Anyway, David drops a hint. But I love this time of year. I think, you know what, my favorite two days of wine drinking are the two days before Thanksgiving. Okay. Those are those two days where family comes around. And I know with my brothers, I have one that comes from the East Coast. I have another one that's up in uh, Ukiah. So we're talking Mendocino County. He always brings some really fun wines. And my older brother, he's selfish and he doesn't bring any wine. But we just sit around and we drink wonderful wines as we're kind of, you know, making turkey and stuffing. And, you know, we do all the cooking, me and my brothers. My, My mom can't do it anymore. And it's just the perfect wine drinking situation because I really do believe what our mutual friend Wes Hagen uh, says that, you know, wine is all about coming to table. Right. And that's that's it in its most perfect form. You should be talking about everything but the wine. Well, I, you know, it's always been my belief that wine's sole purpose is to make food taste better and to make social gatherings better. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's a perfect time. Where are you guys going to be for Thanksgiving? Are you gonna be be, here? No, we're going to be at my mom and dad's house, which is about three hours south of here. Okay. And we're going to do something I've convinced my 
brothers that we're going to do the turkey different this year. And it's because my friend Paul Cullen convinced me of this, we're going to do the turkey sous vide. You're not going to like stuff it with an octopus and then deep fry it or something like <laughs> no, that? No, that's what, that's, what, that's what metal rockers do, yeah. right? They, I, see, I see those pictures on Facebook. It just it cracks me up. They wait until the turkey's cooked and then they put a live octopus in there. You guys Ooh, are kind okay. of strange people. But no, we're going to do it sous vide style, you know, in a water bath. How long has it got to take to sous um, 24 hours. Okay. But, but I mean, think about it. You, you cook the turkey. All you got to do is put it in the bags, mm -hmm. put it in the water, walk away. You know, you put your seasoning in there. You want to sear it at first, and then you sear it again after you take it out. The meat is so perfect, so juicy, that you have to wear goggles to cut it. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. That's right. So, so that way we can just kind of take the turkey and just drag it down there, and then we take the same water bath, heat the water back up to what's about 135 degrees, and then you put it in there and just bring it up to temperature and you're ready to serve. That sounds fantastic. And in conjunction with that, of course, you got to start thinking about what wines you're going to be pouring for Thanksgiving too. Yeah. Now, I, I want to, before we get into that though, I kind of did you wrong mm -hmm. because I should have gotten a little bit more into your background because even though those of us who are in the industry, we all have some sort of, you know, special place in our homes as the, the pays homage to you, Adam Lazar, you know, the nice, nice statue of you with an electric guitar in one hand and a wine bottle in the other. But for those who don't know, you know, first of all, you have your own private label, which is Lazar Wines, yeah. absolutely incredible wines, but you have been associated with a lot of major wines. You are now. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to Wine Hooligans where you're working right now? Yeah, you know, I, uh, the company I started with about five and a half years ago was founded by a gentleman by the name of Dennis Carroll, who had been uh, one of the founding members of a number of very, very successful companies. And they brought me in as director of winemaking and uh, something I've had uh, really good luck with uh, creating some brands that have blown up and have made uh, the owners uh, fabulously wealthy. Exploded? They actually Exploded. Well, exploded, yeah. I mean, so can, like, you, can you say what some of those are? Well, there was Rex Goliath. That was... So that went from zero to half a million. That's the that's the big years. chicken, right? That's the big chicken, the forty-seven pound. And, and everybody chicken. and everybody <laughs> knows that. Everybody should know that wine because it's available pretty much anywhere, right? Well, you know, it was really well. I mean, we sold sold the brand to an, a big company about two years after we started that. But it was popular for a couple of reasons. One had a really cool label, right? It was one of the original critter, what we call the critter brands in the wine industry. But also, I think it was a lot of the media that I read about that story had to do with kind of us against the world type of thing. It was a small winery creating something that was competing with some of the big companies. And there was something really attractive about that, like a David and Goliath type of story. And so uh, that took off. Uh, just, just to interrupt for one second, the artwork, can you tell us where that came from? Yeah, yeah. actually, a, a label designer friend of mine was up in the Sierra foothills, up yeah. in uh, a little, little uh, gold mining community up there. There was a bar. And this poster, it wasn't really a poster. It was actually, you could look, if you look closely enough at the, at the original Rex Goliath labels, it was a digital photograph. You could actually see where the, they sewed the different fabrics together. It was an original, but it was um, an actual circus banner for turn of the century. Oh, wow. Rooster, some type of Texas sideshow. And that, I mean, that's all we could find out about it. There's no real history behind it other than the fact that it, it, it's, it was over a hundred years old. So does Rex Goliath pair with chicken? 
You know, it's so funny. Our initial sales, uh, when we launched the brand, we, we had distributors dropped us because they're like, this is so stupid. It'll never work. <laughs> and, uh, but our, I mean, I, I looked every day I'd come into work and I'd look at a fax that would come through from our company headquarters, sales headquarters up in Napa. And we'd be like, you know, six cases went to Georgia, five cases went to Florida. And then all of a sudden it was like a hundred cases went here and a hundred cases went here. Then it was 2000 cases, oh, you know, wow. and, but the biggest sales, you know, I'm, I'm just imagining that they were backing up semi in a Walmart parking lot in Georgia and just shoveling this stuff into people's trucks. But some of our biggest sales were outside of the Tyson chicken plant. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, to... so put this into perspective for us, because this is now some time ago, you were a guy that when you were a young winemaker, you showed up on the people to watch, young winemakers to watch. You right. were getting a lot of attention and, and congratulations for that. And, and they were right. So at that point in time, when you had your first like monster victory, like that. Right. What did that feel like? I mean, were you just like pinching yourself? You know, I didn't, didn't have time to, to... It just happened. It, you know, it, it happened. I mean, there's often there's no rhyme or reason as to why one wine brand takes off and another one doesn't. But it, it the growth was just so intense. Uh, I didn't have time to do anything. And I was out on the road marketing the wines in addition to uh, making the wines. And then... We sold a brand and then started Cycles Gladiator, yeah, and uh, which I have now. And again, that took off. We're, we're so going to talk about that in just a second. We do have to take a little break here, and I hate to do it because I, I, get, I get every time. You know what? You're one of my best friends, but when I just get to talk to you, I learn something every single time new about you, and I, it's really, really totally cool. Anyway, we are talking to Adam Lazar, and it, just an amazing, amazing winemaker. He's got his own brand. He makes a lot of wine for a lot of different people. Has consulted all over the world. One of the most respect the winemakers that I know, and we have them here exclusively on Crape Encounters Radio, and we'll get into the holidays in just a sec. Thanks to endless food shows, innovative cookbooks, and fierce competition between world-class chefs, what we eat today is far different from what our parents and grandparents feasted on. That means we have almost endless choices when we sit down for a meal. But it also means that wine pairing can get a little trickier than white with chicken and fish and red with beef. At Total Wine & More, there are countless wines to pair with your meal, no matter how exotic or off the wall it may be. And the best news is, if you tell your Total Wine expert what's for dinner, they can guide you to the perfect wine match. And even if you just wanted a little inspiration without leaving home, you can log on to TotalWine.com for inspired food pairings and awesome savings. There's more in store at Total Wine and more. David will be back with more Grape Encounters in a couple of minutes, which means there simply isn't enough time for him to enjoy more than a sip or two of one of his faves. Oh, the sacrifices we make in the broadcasting business. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. 
All right, it is always, always a fun day when I get to talk to, I'm going to call him the Megadeth of Merlot. Is that a title you can live with? Uh, do you want to give me that title? That's fantastic. I mean it from a, a metal standpoint, right? Yeah, you, well, you know, I love, I think uh, wine can be really fun and edgy and and uh, it just uh, one of the one of the things that we like to do is we like to uh, go to hard rock festivals around the country. People often associate wine with smooth jazz and Wyndham Hill and and things like that. But for me, wine is all about heavy metal and rock and roll. Do you feel in your gut some association between heavy metal and wine, or is wine the, is, maybe wine is the counterbalance to the heavy metal? You know, because you make really smooth wines. I mean, sexy, smooth, scintillating wines. They certainly are not edgy. Well, no, but. I I mean, it's it's a guttural effect on you. I mean, why why does one person love a particular style of music and or a particular style of wine? It's just it's one of those things that you use in your life that makes your quality of life a little bit better. Whether it's music or whether it's wine, the type of food you eat, the company you keep. It's all about you know we're here. We don't have a choice. We're on this planet, so you got to make it a, as a good a time as possible. Yeah, whatever you love. And yeah. I always tell people, why do some people move into a neighborhood and paint their house hot pink? And everybody in the neighborhood's going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with those people? What's wrong with those people is they like hot pink. Yeah. That's it. They like hot pink. We are all individuals. Go, go figure, right? Yeah. It's really funny. Something very interesting happened the other night. I don't know if I've done this with you, but I have a routine that I do in the wine bar that I own, which is I will ask people personality-oriented questions and I don't want to know anything about them. It, it only works with people that I really don't know and I ask them personality related questions. Everything from, you know, what movie did they see most recently for the third time to what kind of car do they drive, that sort of thing. And then once I've asked them somewhere between, let's say, 12 and 20 questions, I can go and I can pick the exact right wine for them. And it's really funny because I don't think I've ever had anybody come in that's like way into heavy metal. So I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure where to go with that. I'm not sure how I would respond. I, I think I know. But so this couple comes in and I was telling them that I, I do this little stunt. And what happened was the woman had already ordered a glass of wine and she had already told me what kind of wine she likes, right? And she wanted me to do this exercise with her. And I said, well, I can't now because I know what you like, right? I mean, I could probably tell you some wines that you didn't know you like. Mm -hmm. She goes, well, then can't you do it in reverse and just tell me what kind of car I drive and, yeah. and, and what color is it? And I go, well, I said, it, it doesn't really work that way, but I don't know why I got this really, really super strong vibe. And so I'm, I'm like doing something. And then all of a sudden I look at her and I go, it's a sports sedan and it's silver. Boom. And she looks back at me and she goes, yes, I drive a silver Lexus. There you go. You uh -huh. know, you know, what? If, I, I How bet, about that? Huh? I bet if you were to pull, you know, a couple of thousand people. Uh, you could develop some type of statistical... Oh, no, I've been doing it. Yeah. I've been doing it. You obviously don't look on Facebook because I put out there survey monkeys and I'll ask questions like this. It'll say, what's your go-to red? What's your go-to white? And what do what you drive? What kind of car do you drive? What do you right. drive? And I've, I've dissected this you I know, bet you situation. companies would pay you dearly for that type of, to, to mine oh, that data. I, I know. Think, you know what? I, I've done this thing with hundreds of people, hundreds of them, including a New York Times best-selling psychologist 
And it is incredible that I've never once missed. Or maybe people just don't tell me they don't want to embarrass me or something. So for heavy metal, and so I go to a lot of festivals, my wife and I go, something that most people don't realize that fans that go to these concerts are like the nicest people ever. Yeah. And they're super respectful and courteous. And, you know, you might get sc- people get scared from all the tattoos and piercings and all that stuff, but they're just really nice people. They love wine. And I don't think it matters. For me, I like any wine that's good. But you're required to do that. Well, but I mean, I'm still a consumer at the end of the day. Do you hate that question that everybody asks you this question? Everybody yeah. asks me this question. Anybody that works in wine gets asked this question. What's your favorite one? What's your favorite wine? Yeah, no. And I just want to, like, I want to choke that person. A wet one. <laughs> a wet one. <laughs> one that's got alcohol in it. Yeah. I will bend a little bit now because, like, for, I don't know, for the last six months or so, I've been in this sort of cab franc kind of frame of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I get into those seasons of wine and I, I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, uh, they're cycles. And, and I think everybody who really likes wine goes through periods where they just might drink only German Rieslings or they might uh, go after just Italian wines or Cabernet Francs become fascinating for you. But everything yeah. is on a cycle. You in, know? In, including uh, Cycles Gladiator. <laughs> including Cycles Gladiator. Yeah. Naked Redhead. Uh, yeah. Speaking of redheads. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking up. So for those of you, obviously, uh, radio, you can't see anything. But I'm looking. He's got two mannequins in here. Uh, one of them is staring <laughs> directly girls. at me. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty cute. They're pretty cute. cute they're, uh, they're cute. Dress she's got on there. You know, it's not on purpose that they're here. They just, I, I didn't have a Keep place. Company, I, right? I didn't have, no, I didn't have a place to put them. It's a lonely job being a radio <laughs> professional. You know, that's that's funny, too, because, you know, we talk to a couple of million people, you know, every month, and I'm in a room by myself most of the time. Right. right? It's like, I'm so lonesome. You, have you named them yet? Uh, so the, the one yeah. on the right, she's got a, a really beautiful dark olive green dress on. She is clearly a, a redhead and ser- seriously staring directly at me, and it's kind of freaking me out. And then the one to the left... It's got this really cool patterned black dress on. It's got some really edgy kind of uh, silver designs on it. And she's got, well, silver and black hair. I mean, it must be a Raiders fan or something. And a ball cap. You, I mean, you had to have named him. No. Uh, they've, they've gone through they've got they've gone through generations of names we gotta get back on topic okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. all right anyway we've got adam lazar here google him l-a-z-a-r-r-e and yay you got it yeah sometimes i want to do l-a-z-z-a-r-e yeah that's why i don't get any of your emails because sometimes people will add <laughs> right. that in the yeah it's, it's, adam well, it's not the easiest not yeah. the easiest name in the world okay so thanksgiving is upon us yep Right? Yes. We're going to take a break. Actually, believe it or not, we're going to take a break in a second here. But before we take the break, I'm going to a a Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know what's going to be on the table. Right. I'm going to bring three bottles of wine. Yep. What am I bringing? You're bringing Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. You're bringing Chardonnay. Chardonnay. And you are bringing something pink. Something pink. Yep. Boy, pink is in right now. It's been on fire for the last couple of years. But I'm going to say I'm bringing pink with bubbles. Ooh, but I didn't even think about it. Yes, bubbles. Pink with bubbles. Because I, if I would have done, and honestly, if I had said four wines, would you have added bubbles as the fourth? I, I 
Sure. Yeah. No, but you that, that's man. No, bubbles are mandatory for any celebratory thing, like getting together for Thanksgiving. Everyone's got to have a toast, and you can't do that with. Uh, yeah, we're, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about bubbles too in, in just a second here because I think it's really super important that we pay more attention to bubbles. And boy, I'll tell you what, in California, are they paying attention to bubbles these days? Holy smoke! It's amazing. I got my very, very very dear friend Adam Lazar in here again you know I could spend a lot of time talking about Adam but uh, I'd rather he talk about himself no just google him because he's done so many amazing amazing things and we're gonna I swear to you we're we're gonna try not to digress into heavy metal this go round we'll get to the meat of the meat How's that? The meat of the meat. The, oh, there's so many ways we where, can go with that. No, just yeah, leave it alone. Okay, back with more Grape Encounters right after this. See, I got to tell you what, this is the essence of what wine should be. We came here, Adam Lazar and I came here to talk about wine and holidays. And we pretty much talked about everything but because we're actually enjoying a really... Sorry. No, we're enjoying a really fun bottle of wine here. I've only had, uh, honestly, just a few sips because I've got a long night of editing and, and you know, doing commercials and I'm stuff like your, that. I'm drinking your your. Well, I'm your glad, part, you know, know and, I, and, I always, and I always get really kind of scared when I pour you wine because I never know if I'm hitting it on or not, but you like this one. Oh, I love this wine. It's really nice. It's Italian wine. It sounds like it's a hodgepodge of different grapes that are in here, but it's just really yummy. Listen, at some point, go beyond the wine snobbiness. It's all about what just tastes good. I call it the yum factor. Tim Hanai, I love his statement, and he was like one of the two first masters of wine in America. Right. A a really brilliant guy. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. We've had him on, and he says there are two flavors of wine, yummy and yuck. Yep. That's it. That couldn't be any more accurate. I mean, it's like people come in with what they've learned to do is they've uh, come in with preconceived notions of what they're supposed to like and what they're not supposed to like. And it's really a tragedy because there's great wines uh, to be had in almost any flavor and, you know, shape and anywhere. So um, Adam Lazar, the brainchild behind Rex Goliath, behind Cycles Gladiator, uh, some of the other big wineries that you worked for? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I've got Lazar Wines. Um, I do a number of brands for the wine hooligans. We've got uh, Broadside. Yeah, good We've wines. Got, uh, Stephen Vincent, Goyette, amongst a bunch of other ones. Was a winemaker, uh, director of winemaking at Han, vice president there. That's for a big deal. Years. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal, man. Yeah, so we had a number of brands under the Han portfolio and then some other places I've worked. I've knew this, I think this is my 28th year. All right, so what's what's the Thanksgiving going to look like at the Lazar house? It's going to be a madhouse. The family is coming in for the first time ever down to Paso. Angie's family, I should say. And she must have, I don't know, you know, eight or nine uncles and 5,000 cousins. So her parents are coming down, got some cousins coming in. We've got, I've got some friends coming in from San Diego that are involved with a couple of big wine competitions that are vacationing up here for the week. And so there's going to be some really good wines. I know they're going to be bringing some pretty spectacular things. I wouldn't be surprised to see $100 bottles of Barolo and Barbarescos. But for us, you know, there's going to be turkey. There's going to be ham. It's very, very traditional. Uh, there'll be mashed potatoes, and there'll be the obligatory greens that go along with it. So there's going to be Pinot Noir. There will be Chardonnay. We'll probably try doing something really interesting, maybe a, a New York State Riesling to go with a few things. Oh, fun. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. What about Zin? I mean, you know, I, I'm seeing it more and more on people's list of Thanksgiving wines. You know, Zin, to me, is like 
an old vines in you think from the west side of Paso Robles or maybe Dry Creek or something to me reminds me of like kind of a very rustic Pinot on steroids. In fact, it's one of the That's very a few very good description. One yeah. of the very few varieties. It's got the same really rich round mouthfeel that a good Pinot Noir has. And it's got some kind of cherry rhubarb flavors, and it's one of the very few grapes that you could actually blend into a Pinot Noir. Really? Yeah, and you can you can take an average Pinot and make it better with a really good old vine uh, Zinfandel. You know, three four percent, just make, a tiny that, bit. That makes totally good sense, but I really hadn't thought about it. It's well, I mean, it's it's uh, I'm giving away trade secrets, but I know yeah, it's that's done a good one fairly often. And I've been known to uh, accidentally spill a barrel of uh, Zinfandel into a, a really nice by Pinot accident, Noir. though. Of course, by accident. I have an article that I wrote a couple of years ago. For for a uh, food magazine, more like a cooking magazine, called Whisk. And I made my list of, I called them the essentials, then a little daring, and then the third category is what the heck. Right. So my my essentials were uh, Pinot Noir and uh, Riesling, uh, Chardonnay, Zinfandel, Champagne, or sparkling wines. Yes. Okay, those were my essentials. Those are. I think that you're covering all the bases. And and then my a little daring category was Cabernet Sauvignon, Bordeaux blends. Right. And then uh, something that we just do so well in the area that you and I both live in, the the Central Coast, Paso Robles area, Mm -hmm. is GSMs. Right. Grenache Syrah, Moved. Which is really funny because the, the term GSM, still when I say GSM to most people, they go, what? You know, it's not. Gen- general sales meeting or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the funny thing is, is that a lot of people will say, you ask them, you know, what was your first favorite wine? And they'll go, oh, Chateauneuf de Pop. Chateauneuf de Pop. Well, what? Yes, exactly. Chateauneuf de Pop is a French word for uh, Grenache Syrah, Moved. Yeah. 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 It's a region and it's, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, but I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's been around forever, but we learned to love that, but we're just kind of getting used to this title GSM. Uh, let's see, what did I forget? White Burgundy? Yeah. And then a wine that you just excel at, Merlot. I love Merlot. Yeah. I love Good Merlot. Merlots. I love Merlot, too. And you, know, you people who got sucked into the sideways thing, yeah. you know what? You're just blowing it because Merlot is such a beautiful, gorgeous grape. Well, the thing people don't understand in that, that movie was that it wasn't that he didn't like Merlot. It's just it reminded him of his ex-wife. And I know any of the wine professionals that are listening right now will agree with me that they'll routinely get people say, oh, no, my husband doesn't drink Merlot. I don't drink Merlot. I don't drink Merlot. And I don't think most people would know a good Merlot if it jumped up a bit of my All right, butt. so this is, this is a true, 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 true story about you, is I would have people come into my wine tasting room when the Merlot was, was it a 2011? That was a 10, I a t- The 10, okay, yeah. yeah. The 2010 with the purple label. With right? the purple label. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First of all, I want to say it originally sold for in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got down to the last few bottles, I was selling it at 100 bucks a bottle. That's how good that Merlot was. But people would come in. I, and you know how much of that stuff I bought, right? You you cleaned it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people would come in and, and, and they would do the everything but Merlot. Like, right. what, do you, what do you like? Well, I like red wines. Well, what reds do you like? Well, I like everything but Merlot. Oh, okay. The minute they would say that, I would go behind the counter. I would pull out your Merlot. I would, without them seeing it, I would pour a glass for them and I go, you know what? If you, if you don't like Merlot, then this is going to be perfect for you. And they would sit, they would drink it and they would go, oh my God, now that's some good wine. I'd let 
him, you know, pontificate a little bit more on it and tell him a little bit about the winemaker and the region and all this stuff. Then they finally get really super curious. What is it? What is it? I just put it on the table. It's 100 percent Merlot. It's 100 percent Merlot. Yeah, you're an idiot. From the right Sorry, but... you, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, but if they're paying you, they're not. No, no, I wouldn't but, do that. But, but yeah, the sideways hangover. Uh, we're still dealing with that. But any good grape, I love to work with, and I particularly like Merlot because the bar had been set so low on it, and because of the negative publicity about the grape. I mean, it used to be the most popular red grape in the United States back in the 90s, and then the movie hit. And everyone switched to Pinot Noir, and as I predicted, Pinot Noir quality was going to drop because everyone was ripping out their bad Merlot and planting bad Pinot, and Merlot quality was going to go skyrocket. And, and that's exactly it, right. It it exactly. Has. Sideways, best thing that ever happened ever to happened Merlot. Merlot. Uh, really quickly, from my what the heck category, I would be remiss in not mentioning Beaujolais Nouveau. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that's the, 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 a wine that comes out. Uh, third, it's right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, it's coming out right now. And it's and, and get yourself some of that stuff. It, it doesn't age at all. It goes straight into the bottle after fermentation. It's basically a fresh, young wine. And you got to drink it. You don't don't lay it down, by the way. Not a, a good idea. Of, very, it's a lot of strawberry motor oil. You yeah. Know, I, I think uh, – and I and to your point, but I think it does actually age in the bottle pretty nicely. Does it really? Yeah. I've had, I've had okay. a couple of older Beaujolais that – and it, it tastes more and more like strawberry. Okay, really, really quick. I, I've got like we've got thirty seconds, but I want to get these out there. All right, uh, Petite Syrah. Yep, love Petite Syrah. Mm-hmm. If, you um, got a, if you got a prime rib going for the holidays, yep, Petite Syrah or Cab, perfect. Ready for this one? Gruner Veltliner from Austria. Ooh, that's going to be for all of. It's going to be for any of your uh, lighter dishes, salads, maybe a fish. If you're going to be doing uh, something along those lines, zippy acidity, a lot of lime character to it. And then from right next door, Gewürztraminer. Very interesting wine. Oh, gosh, get this. Rosé of Cabernet or Merlot. Okay, all right. I'm going to fly here. I'm going boom, fly on the microphone. Sorry, fly. Oh, yikes. Okay, um, and then uh, 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 three other things. Okay, ready for this? A cava from Spain. Okay. A Norton from Missouri. Hey, Norton. Hey, Norton. (laughs) Yeah. And are you ready for the last one? Go. This is my big one. Okay, from Florida. A cranberry wine. Okay. Um, well, oh, I, haven't, I haven't, haven't had. I've had many Nortons, and Norton for uh, those people who don't know. If you're from the Midwest, you know all about Norton or the East Coast. But it's a lot like, uh, kind of almost like Petit Syrah. It's very dark, very concentrated. It's an American grape. It's yes, native, it native, and it can be made. Some of the best stuff out of Missouri. It's just fantastic. And it can be, it can be, it can be dry, and it can be sweet. Yep. <laughs> Get this text message coming from your wife right now. Oh, <laughs> your wife is texting. We're on the air, honey. We're on the air. Okay. All right. We're going to be back with Adam Lazar in just a second. We'll wrap things up here on Grape Encounters. <laughs> Grape Encounters, of course, brought to you by Total Wine and More. That is your holiday wine store. I'm telling you, you want to get creative with gifts. You want to get creative for the Thanksgiving table. The the thing I love about Total Wine & More is they hire experts, people who really know the wine. They got 8,000 wines to navigate there, and they do it really super well. So get on board the SS Total Wine & More and sail your way through the store and find some great wines for Thanksgiving that your family and friends will adore. Did you like how poetic that was? I thought that was really fantastic. 
fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful writing. I, yeah. I wrote that myself. Anyway, total, and you're not even looking at a script. To, no, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Totalwine.com. Anything, they've got some great pairing suggestions there, too, that are a little different than mine. So go to totalwine.com, and I'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes with Adam Lazar. One Adam 12, one Adam 12. Do you remember that, Adam? See the man. (laughs) See the man. He needs wine. Anyway, uh, if if you need wine, the guy that can can hook you up is Adam Lazar. Man, how much wine have you made this year? You've got your own brand. Goodness. I think I'm I'm probably going to be capping out this year at around 730,000 cases. (laughs) What? Seven hundred. You lose count after the first. Seven hundred and thirty. What does it even look like? Seven hundred and thirty thousand cases. That's a lot of wine. That's a bunch yeah. of wine. <laughs> you don't want to have it. We don't keep it all in one place. You don't. Yeah, no, you yeah. don't keep it all in one place. Keep all right. So, so we just got have a couple more minutes left, and I don't want to leave before we talk about this. This is gift given time. Yeah. There are just countless number of wines that you can buy that you're going to take to a party. Mm-hmm. You're going to give to your customers. Right. You're going to give to friends. It's the perfect gift, really, because everybody pretty much loves wine. But don't make stupid mistakes when you give wine, okay? Don't go to the grocery store, grab a bottle at the end cap, and 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 use that as a present because wine gives you such incredible opportunities to get creative with gifts. Mm-hmm. And so many people fail at that. In fact, by the way, the last thing I think you want to do is if you know that um, your boss likes a particular wine, don't go buy that wine for him or her because they've already got it at home. They got cases of it in their in their wine cellar or closet or something. Find something that is like that that is going to be a new discovery. You know, it's so important as a wine professional, and this is all, whether winemaker, marketing, sales, you own a wine shop, you own a restaurant, our primary job outside of paying our mortgage, make enough money to do that, is to educate people. And so go into uh, your favorite wine shop, go into a place that you trust and talk to people and find out what they like and what's interesting. Uh, I mean, that that's their job is to educate you, and, and you will often find Something unexpected, some weird, funky Italian variety yeah. that you didn't even know existed, but it was it was your favorite salesperson's favorite wine. You're going to find some varietals out there too that are they're kind of now moving into the mainstream that haven't they, they've been sitting on the sidelines, but now they're kind of coming into the spotlight. Like like one that I just love, Tanat. Yep. Is is a wine that I think that less than one percent of the grapes planted in California are Tanat. But but it's such a great grape. We, we were talking about GSMs. We see a lot of Grenache. We see a lot of Syrah. We don't see a lot of Mouvedre, however. Yeah. And as a single varietal wine, it's really super delicious. It is. It's a tough grape to grow, though, and it's not doesn't grow yeah. everywhere. That's why you don't. But see but a that lot of but it. I think that when you're giving gifts, give somebody something that is going to really pique their curiosity and, and go. You know what? I know that you probably don't drink tonight, but tonight it's tonight. Unless it, it's not a palindrome. Tonight, unless not tonight, I've got a headache. Yeah. But yeah, you just um is it? Yeah. T A N N A T. I didn't know that. Same forward, I, same I never really just like Lazar is. Exactly. Jesse <laughs> yeah. Razzle, I think, is my, my name backwards. But you know, you can't go wrong with a bottle of bubbles. Right. 
You know, because bubbles are universal. They're celebratory. No one opens up a bottle of champagne or sparkling wine and drinks it by themselves. It's got to be you don't you don't know people. you don't know me obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. And by the way, by, a bottle by, of Jack Daniels. By, by me, the but. way, and I, something if, if there's one thing that I could tell you for sure about bubbles, it's this. Okay, if you're not a Pinot fan, mm-hmm. if you're not a Chardonnay fan. Cava. Stop buying Prosecco. champagne. Go, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buy cava. Buy prosecco. For goodness' sakes, buy some kind of a California, or for that matter, New York sparkler. Yeah. That is going to be a varietal that is not Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. A lot of people don't realize that they they go. I don't know why I don't like champagne. Well, do you like Pinot Noir? Well, no. Do you like Chardonnay? Well, no. And by the way, Pinot Noir is the love child of Chardonnay, and I don't know what the other great. Is. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, it's some like Eastern European grape of some sort. And, and so where there's Chardonnay, there's Pinot. You know, I don't drink either of them that much. But, you know, try a sparkling Zinfandel. I see sparkling Cabernets. I see sparkling Sangioveses. I see sparkling everything. Sparkling Shiraz, mate. Shark, yes, sharkling. Sharkling. <laughs> sparkling Shiraz. Yeah, there's just so much out there. You know, you put the bubbles to it. It's so good. Yeah, any, anything that's well made. Like I said, I, I've, I've gone way past, you know, being particularly snotty about or snobby about one or, or the other thing. It's, it's, it's well made and it tastes good. That's it. But the, I've been but, doing this way too long. But the, but the main point I think that I, I was trying to make was buy one that's not just like made in mass. Buy, buy one. There's lots of little small producers that make some really, really just absolutely delicious sparkling wines in very small quantities. It's really delicious and it's it's like give somebody something that they're not going to find where they go shopping. Yeah, and, and for your East Coast listeners, there's fantastic sparkling wines being made out there in Virginia and New York. It's, it's just they're wonderful. Yes, indeedy. Oh, we're going to close it off now, Adam, but I want to end it with this on, on the sparkling note because I wanted to mention this earlier. If you're a cranberry freak like I am. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, with Thanksgiving, I, I wouldn't even sit down to Thanksgiving without, you know, fresh made cranberry sauce, right? If you're into that, that to me, that's sort of the centerpiece of my Thanksgiving meal. That's where I think grab a sparkling pink and slightly sweet wine. Sure. And that with cranberries is just the bomb. You take your fork, you grab a piece of turkey, you now dredge it through the mashed potatoes and gravy. And then you grab another utensil and you heap some stuffing on there and then you top it with cranberry sauce and you put all of that in your mouth if you can get it in there and then you wash it down with that slightly sweet pink bubbles and you'll be in heaven. And within an hour, you'll be in the lazy boy chair. (sighs) Yeah, and you're – Tryptophan uh, coma from the from the turkey. And I'm so glad to have you here, man. <laughs> I'm is, always happy was, to always happy. This is way 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 too long since you've been in here, but God, I just I, we could do we could like do a five hour show easy, right? Um, yeah, you, you keep pouring the wine. I'll, I'll be here all day long. I mean, you, you drank the whole bottle Did during I? the oh show. Good yeah. Lord. All right, hey, we're going to be back here next week. Actually, next week is also Thanksgiving weekend, and I hope you have a really, really, really glorious Thanksgiving. Uh, we won't talk to you until after Thanksgiving. But you know what? Skip the entire Black Friday thing. Stay home with your family instead. Yep. Enjoy your family. Yep. Play with your kids. Play with your grandkids. Play with your dog. Just love each other, man. Our time is limited. you got to spend yeah. time with them. These are freaky times, yep. and let's just enjoy life a little bit more. I'm thankful for you guys out there. Yes, sir. We'll see you next week. 
Today's edition of Grape Encounters was brought to you by Total Wine and More. And in all sincerity, if you're in charge of bringing wine to the Thanksgiving table or other holiday celebration, or if you're going to be giving away wine as gifts to clients, to family members, to friends, honestly, there isn't a better place to go than Total Wine and More. There's just no better selection. There are no kinder or more experienced people that will help you. And you'll just have a tremendous amount of fun going to Total Wine and More. You won't be disappointed and you won't disappoint the people that matter most to you. Check it out, Total Wine and More. For a store near you, go online to TotalWine.com. And we'll see you back here next week. 